You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Molly, and I am so excited for this holiday-themed episode, if you will. My guest today is Jamie Laszlo of Ornaments for Orphans. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thank you. I am so excited to have you here. Thanks. We, we are excited, too. We're going to dive right in because that's that's just kind of how, how we roll on this show. Um, so, Jamie... All of my guests, I like for them to give the, um, what I call the 101, the Jamie 101. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, where are you from? Uh, what did you study? You know, what is sort of the, the life steps that happened that ultimately led you to become the co-founder of Ornaments for Orphans? Yeah, well, you know, we definitely did not start out thinking we were going to, you know, have a Christmas ornament business in East Africa. Um, it was a, it was a long journey. And um, my husband and I, we met in college and um, we went to Covenant College up on Lookout Mountain. And, and where we, is that? It is just outside of Chattanooga. Oh, okay. So right up there in the mountain, really beautiful, um, small liberal arts college. We went on a trip to Uganda together. Um, it's actually how we met. So we both were on the trip, did not know each other before the trip. Um, and that was, oh gosh, a long time ago, at least 13 years ago, um, that we first went to Uganda, became involved there, um, really fell in love with the culture, the people, made some very dear Ugandan friends who um, were caring for children in their community, um, a couple, and we are still friends and partners with them to this day, but um, just felt compelled by their story and, and compelled to stand alongside of them. So our, our work there, it started out in the nonprofit world. Um, and we were partnering with them, um, trying to help these families and communities with vulnerable children and orphans. But as we, as we grew and as we progressed, we started, um, asking ourselves, you know, some harder questions about, well, how, how did it end up like this? And, you know, are we just kind of putting band-aids on some of these things or how can we go deeper to really address, you know, and prevent some of these things happening before these families fall into crisis, before these children end up in orphanages? And where where were you when you went to Uganda? Like where in Uganda? Were you in Jinja and, um, or did you go to? It's the Kampala area. Oh, Kampala. Um, You know, we've traveled all over Uganda and, you know, we, we still get around a lot, but um, the the heart of the ministry and the hub where we're out of it, it's, it's kind of halfway between Entebbe and Kampala, okay. sort of the suburban area outside yeah. of the city. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we, um, you know, they make such beautiful things there. You know, of course, everyone who goes, you, know, you bring things back. Oh, yeah. Goodness, it's so beautiful. And, um, you know, we, we kind of started doing that a bit, you know, to raise money or just to um, help different women and artisans that we befriended over our time there. Um, and about five years ago, we really um, launched it more full time. We thought, you know, 
we, we want to continue helping people, but we really want to do it in a way that we see as sustainable um, and that we can empower these people, these you know hardworking people to care for their communities and the children and their families and really maybe even prevent a lot of children from ending up in the orphanage system. Right. So Ornaments for Orphans was really born out of that desire um, to kind of holistically address the problem. So we source everything directly from these artisans. We pay them upfront fairly for their work. And then we bring it back here and we send it out to people. And as we sell things, we're able to invest 100% of our profits back into um, different charity partners that we feel are doing a good work in Uganda. That is amazing. So for those that don't know, I want you to kind of go a little bit deeper. So um, for those that don't know what Ornaments for Orphans is, what is Ornaments for Orphans? So we are um, a social enterprise. We're a fair trade company. And that means that we are paying all the people who work for us a fair living wage for their work. So everything is ethical. Um, You know, there's no child labor. There's no one, you know, being paid pennies on the dollar for their time. Um, So that the people who work for us, that means that they are able to care for themselves and care for their families. And the majority of what we sell are Christmas ornaments, as it's in the name. Yeah. Um, Sell a lot of um, handcrafted Christmas ornaments. Um, made out of just a lot of cool natural materials. You know, we have the paper bead ornaments. We have adorable little stuffed animals that are stitched by, you know, a widow's co-op. We have things made out of banana leaves. I'm really trying to capture the craft and the heart of East African culture and showcase that and bring, you know, that beauty to make it available to people the Christmas season on their trees. So we bring it back. We ship it back here. Um, we sell our ornaments online, um, and we also do a program where we actually ship ornaments out to churches or to your home if you want to have a party and make the ornaments available. Um, people volunteering their time has really enabled us to invest even more that gift of time um, to grow and you know impact more artisans and more children. Yeah. I will say, so... Um, Jamie sent me a box of this is I'm speaking directly to the listeners now. <laughs> I realize that sounded weird. Like Jamie. <laughs> so Jamie sent me this um box of orf or of orphans. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is a terrible it's like a it's like a bad autocorrect, but in my own we don't mouth. Sell orphans. We tell people we do not send box orphans either. It's all for them. We but. do not we do not sell orphans. We do not right. ship them. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, forgive me. So <laughs> Jamie sent me this beautiful box of ornaments and I I mean, they are legitimately some of the most beautiful ornaments I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, we're not just talking, you know, your run-of-the-mill Christmas ornament that has, like, a little Santa on it and, you know, and Rudolph, and then, you know, he's just kind of hanging out. Like, these are just intricate and unique. The the one that just, I mean, took my breath away is this, um, I'm trying to kind of describe it, is this, lo- like, kind of tall angel um, built out of, I guess, made out of banana leaves is my guess. Yeah, banana leaves and sisal, sisal grass. Oh They're so gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I was like, can I make a bigger one of this and make it a tree topper? Like, it's just. Yeah, that's, we have talked about how, how we can get some tree toppers back. Cause yeah, they're just. Oh my goodness. They're just. So yes. They're beautiful. They would make, 
I will say, so because this is, um, you know, this we're, we're right here in the middle of the holiday season. So these are the types of ornaments that are heirlooms, great heirlooms, great um, hostess gifts, you know, or just something so unique and um, tells such a, a beautiful story, um, you know, that's something that when you're giving, you know, one of these ornaments as a gift to somebody, maybe in your family or a friend, something like that, like, it's it's not just an ornament. Like it just it tells this beautiful story of um, of hope, of redemption. It's just oh my goodness, I love it. I love them. Oh well, thank you. You know, and we just love it too because ornaments are so special to so many people. They are. Uh, we grew up. My husband and I both grew up in families that you know our our parents would give us a special ornament every year and kind of built up a collection for us. And then when we got married, we actually got married a week before Christmas. Um, and we drove Happy almost anniversary. Up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we drove up, um, years ago to, um, honeymoon in Michigan and we cut down a Christmas tree and put it in the cottage and we had, they gave us all of our ornaments to take with us Yeah, and we decorated our tree, you know, and it was such a special, um, it's a special memory for us. It's, you know, um, something that we think is a beautiful tradition um, that families do. And so we would, we love being able to add to that for people yeah. and to be able to provide an ornament that, you know, even builds upon that something that's beautiful um, that will last, that has, you know, hope for people in other parts of the world. Um, and that, you know, you can feel good about buying cause you know that it was made in a way that is respectful. I mean, as we celebrate Christmas, we definitely want to make sure that it's not involving harm to yeah people. You this know? is one of those topics that I learned, and I, I say topics I, specifically. I mean, kind of the the Christmas decor industry mm-hmm. um, is something that I did not really until the last year and a half or so. You know, even as I was sort of beginning my you know, I guess, quote unquote, journey, even though it's like the most cliche word ever, but just (laughs) really working to, you know, shop and and purchase with purpose and shop ethically and support companies who are doing it right. For some reason, I don't know why, but something like Christmas decor was not something I ever really thought about. You know, like, how is our Christmas decor made? And, Mm -hmm. or decor, you know, decor, 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 tomato, tomato. Um, And I read this article, I think it was in like the New York Times or the Atlantic or something like that last year that, I mean, just to, I mean, put it, frankly, it horrified me. Um, There is this, and I'm... I don't honestly remember the name of the town. If I can remember it and find it, what I will do for the listeners is I will link the article in the show notes. Okay. So I will f- I will find the article and link it in the show notes. I think I know the one you're talking about. It, yeah, you know, it's about this city. Yeah, mm-hmm. they call it like Christmas China. Town in China. And it's basically this this city. The basically all the city is is a bunch of factories that make Christmas decor for the United States. And, and it's awful. Like it's awful. It is. It's one of those that I just, after I read it, I couldn't, I couldn't unsee it or I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't unknow that. (laughs) Um, It, I mean, they explain too that many of the people, most of the people working there do not even know what Christmas is. Yes. They don't even know what it is. And so they, 
that's the thing that even blows my mind even more is they're making all this all this decor. But the other thing too is like it was showing the people like their skin is stained red from mm-hmm. all the dyes that they use to dye, you know, Santa costumes and and Santa hats and garland. I mean, just the the toxins that they breathe in, like their life expectancy is so short because all, so many of them get cancer. I mean, it's just like, it's, I mean, it's sitting here, we, you know, we're trying to have this like Christmas show and I'm sitting here like, and I, I mean, I was horrified. Um, and so it just really made me take a step back and think about like, what are we doing? Like we're celebrating a holiday that's, this is supposed to be the, the, the most joyful time of year. And you know, we're celebrating the birth of Christ and, and, and we're spending time with our family and we're giving gifts. And yet, the people who are making the pretty decor that we hang are they one they have no idea what christmas is and two they're living in these conditions that just i wouldn't wish those conditions upon anyone right i mean it's like the opposite of what christmas is about you exactly. know exactly I mean, good news comfort and joy um yes i always like love and like joy to the world you know we sing he comes to make his blessings known far as the curse is found and yeah you know, that it's, it's not what we're celebrating. And so I think that, and I think really as people, um, we just don't know, you know, and we just, we don't, we don't know about it. And I think more and more as, as people have found out, um, it's been really, you know, neat to see people respond in a way that says, well, yes, I don't want to be feeding into, into that. You know, I can, I can take steps. And so we're, you know, so I was so I just Googled really quick and I found it. I found the article. It was in The Guardian. Um, but yeah, it's a town in China. Um, they call it, yeah, I guess, Christmas Village of Yiwu, or sorry, Y-I-W-U. And it's 600 factories that produce 60% of all the decorations around the world. It's amazing. I know. And it's just like the pictures are unbelievable because it's just there's red on the floor red on the ceiling like it's just because everything is being dyed like this one um this one man it shows a picture of this one man and um he between he and one other man they make five thousand red snowflakes a day like that's all they make is five thousand red snowflakes a day and they it says here they get paid about 300 euros a month which i don't know this is a European, so I'm like, oh, be honest, I don't really know how much the euro is compared to the dollar. Um, I'd have to f- find that out. But it's they work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and and I'm sure there's no health insurance. Oh, not a chance, <laughs> not a chance. Yeah, so if you get sick, then oh, I just yeah, I mean, I can't, I I just can't even comprehend it. And again, it's these are people that they don't even know. <laughs> I mean, think about that. They don't even know what they're making. <laughs> they're just like, I make these snowflakes and they're red. And I know they go to the United States or, you know, around you know, probably around Europe, too. Um, but, yeah, I think so. That was just one of those things that when I found that out and when I just really started even looking further into it, you know, it just really made me stop and think about, like, well, what are we placing an importance on? Are we placing an importance on having our house look perfect at the holidays are we placing an importance on, you know, making sure our tree looks the best that it can for Pinterest? 
you know, like, is that what's important? And so, you know, I just, I started looking more into, you know, small companies, um, or just buying decorations secondhand. Um, but, um, yes, you can find, there's so many beautiful things you can bring from the outdoors into your home. Yes, Um, yes, yes. And then, um, and then I found you guys. Um, and when I came across you guys on Instagram, that was actually how I found you was on Instagram. I was just like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, because, because like you were saying earlier, like when you, when you and your husband, you went and picked up your tree and you have all these ornaments from your child, you know, my husband are the same way. And I, I think about, um, that's like one of my favorite things to do is to go through and as we're putting ornaments on the tree to be like, oh, this one's my favorite. Or I remember I got this one for, you know, Christmas when I was five and, or I made this, you know, here's this ugly like popsicle stick Christmas yep. tree that I made for my parents and painted. Um, but they all tell a story. And that's what I love about the ornaments you guys make is these are the types of ornaments that tell a story that you can give to people that, you know, I, I can't wait until, you know, our kids are grown up and, you know, as, you know, my daughter and my son and, you know, any future children, or if we have any, um, as they're decorating their trees, they're like, Oh, you know, I got this one. Um, this one was made in Uganda and my mom and dad gave it to me for Christmas. You know, you know, you know, I just, I, I love thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we hope. I mean, it's, it is really fun you know, we have a warehouse full of ornaments. Oh, um, I bet. It can be overwhelming. But when, you know, as we box them up and send them out, as, you know, we're packing all these orders that are going out, it is just really sweet to think about where they're headed, you know, and what, what they will mean to someone and, you know, that they're joining kind of a new family. And it's kind of fun to be a part of that process, even if, you know, you don't know. I feel like kind of this exciting, like, middle channel, I get to, you know, the, the people that make these things in Africa, getting to connect them with kind of family stories here. I mean, it's, it's a, it's exhausting at Christmas, but yeah. it's also kind of a really neat thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Now, fun kind of quick question. So tell me what's a, describe your favorite childhood ornament that like you look forward to putting that ornament on the tree every year. Well, my, my parents were, um, were fun. They, um, they would often pick an ornament it kind of represented something special I did that year um, or something memorable in that year on um, like a trip we took. Um, you know, so I, I love, like I, I grew up dancing ballet and so I have lots, <laughs> I have lots of um, ballerinas um, and different um, ornaments like that are nutcracker themed. I love um, that. I'm totally burnt out on it now because I did it all growing up. <laughs> um, but I can, you know, it's, it's written on the box the year and I can kind of go back in my mind and remember, oh, this was the year, you know, that I did this or plays I was in um, and trips we took, you know, my the Mickey Mouse that came from, you know, my first trip to Disney World. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there's just love. And it's fun, too. Um, our daughter's almost nine. Um, and so, you know, she's really kind of connected with it now, too, of even knowing, you know, what each one comes from, both from her but also just from from us and realizing oh wow you were you know my age when you had this ornament is really fun I love so, that I we love have kind that. of an eclectic tree but um it's us oh yeah no I do not have I nowhere near a Pinterest perfect tree but I love it I love like 
I mean, and don't get me wrong, like the people who do the Pinterest trees, like that just all the ornaments match, like all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you do you. You're awesome. Yep. Go you. That's your passion. Follow follow your passion, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm doing good by, by December to even get our, you know, we usually put our tree up probably later than most people. Um, but we also keep it up a little bit longer, I think. Um, one of the hardest things that was my husband and I got into, the, it was the, the Christmas lights dilemma. You know, when you get married, I grew up with white lights and he grew up with like those big kind of colorful vintage looking lights. Oh, yeah. And so it was one of those. Um, he, he, he felt very passionately about his lights. So it, it took me a while to come around um, <laughs> to the big colorful bulbs. Um, but now, now that's our thing too. I've kind of, it wasn't something I was willing to, to lay a, a stake in the ground about. So I came <laughs> in with lights. He loves, like, he loves Christmas. I mean, obviously this is what we do. So, you know, we, we both love, love that. And, um, and he gets his big lights every year and I just smile and let him string them up and, you know, I love it. I love it. See, okay, so let me say, I'll say my favorite Christmas ornament. So (laughs) you're going to be like, really? So when I was a kid, I was a very, I mean, let's be honest, I still am. But I was a really weird kid. Um, And I loved, like, had a weird obsession with Marvin the Martian. (laughs) Like Looney Tunes. And so because every Saturday morning, I would get up and watch, like, Saturday morning cartoons with my dad. And my dad loved Bugs Bunny. And I loved Marvin the Martian. And so my favorite ornament is this giant, I mean, it's huge. It's like a earth. And then, but it's one of those ornaments that you can plug one of the Christmas lights into it. Oh, so it lights up. And so of. it like, but it like powers it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you plug the Christmas light into this giant earth thing. And then it has Marvin the Martian and Bugs Bunny like chase each other around the earth. (laughs) It's the most, it's the most, it's the gaudiest. I love that. Yes. It makes you feel better. I have a Han Solo ornament from my childhood. (laughs) I love putting out. Yes. See, um, see, but uh, the funny thing is I have like, when my husband and I, like our first Christmas married, (laughs) and we're unpacking our ornaments and putting them on the tree. My husband turned to me and he was like, how many Marvin the Martian ornaments do you have? Like, oh, that's a, when you have to ask that question, you know it's not it's it's kind of embarrassing. And like you said, like you did ballet growing up, I played golf go- growing up. So I also have a ton of like golf ornaments. And so I have like I even have like Marvin the Martian and Bugs Bunny golf ornaments. Golfing, yeah. Yes. So like Marvin the Martian golfing on Mars. Like it's just I love that though. I love it. My daughter's tree right now is covered in like Perry the Platypus and <laughs> Star Wars ornaments. So, you know, I mean, we, we keep it classy at our house too. And that's what she's into. So. I love it. I love it. That is that's hilarious. Yeah. So uh but yeah, so that, I mean it's just it's those little traditions that you just you look forward to every year and um I love that you guys get to kind of play a part in that for other families and then you get to, you know, simultaneously like you said, kind of play a part in sort of the hope and redemption of these artisans in Uganda. Yes. I mean, it's been really exciting as we've grown, you know, to be able to increase our orders and see these groups growing and, you know, training more people and, um, you know, adding new, we try to add something new to our line every year. Um, 
And even we're trying even to, you know, expand into new regions. We were able to get an Ethiopian ornament this year, which we were so excited about. You know, we most of our products come from um, Uganda, Kenya, um, some from Rwanda. um, But we would love to be able to take the model. You know, our our heart is East Africa, but there are um, there are families in need kind of all over the world. And our goal is to, as we grow, you know, eventually expand into new regions. We would love to have ornaments from all over the world. Um, you know, every continent representing all sorts of people groups, um, and helping children and families all over the world. That's kind of our long-term vision. I love that. I love that. Now, can you tell me a story or stories of one of your artisans or artisan groups. Um, I know, you know, obviously like ornaments for orphans is, you know, you're really trying to play a part in ending the orphan crisis in Uganda um, and in the world, frankly. Um, can you tell a story of one of your artisans that you've worked with and um, just the kind of opportunity that, um, or, you know, what has having a, something like a steady income and a living wage um, and being treated with, you know, dignity and respect done for, um, done for them. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, the statistic right now in Uganda is that 80% of children living in orphanages have either a parent or, um, close relative who simply just gave them up because they thought it would be the best thing for the child. Um, it was really poverty or desperation, especially in the cases of mothers, um, who might've been widowed or abandoned. Um, yeah. They, they will give up their babies. They will give up their children because they think, you know, they'll eat, they'll get an education, um, you know, and it's, it's not out of lack of love. Um, so um, we're, we're really trying to intervene in a lot of those cases. And so there's a group, the group that makes our stuffed animal ornaments um, was started by a woman named Kathy and she's Ugandan. And that is based out in Jinja. And she gathered up um, a group of women who were kind of in that vulnerable place where they were either widowed or they had been left by their husbands and they sew and she, they were making, you know, they make these adorable stuffed animal ornaments like little elephants and giraffes and rhinos and lions. And, um, she, she trained them all. And so these women who would have been on the brink kind of, of, of losing their children, um, are now, you know, sitting together in joint fellowship, working together, encouraging one another, getting, you know, paid. Um, and then as we've been growing, you know, she's been hiring more women and bringing more women into this group. Um, the great thing too, is, you know, the, they're able to bring a lot of them, you know, their, their babies to work with them. You know, you can bring your baby to work, you can bring your toddler to work before they go to, you know, enter school age, um, and just this kind of family environment where there's a flexibility and a support system for I these women I love that. as they're working, um, and, you know, and trained also in this skill that hopefully they'll be able you know, to always have and continue using. Um, then another artisan who we just, we really love, um, he makes, um, one of our really popular nativities, um, the bark clock nativity, his name is Yako and he is disabled. He's a Ugandan man. He had polio when he was a child. Oh, my goodness. And, I mean, as you know, if you're disabled in many parts of the world, you're just considered nobody. Yes. You're considered either a beggar or you're abandoned by your family. Well, this this man is incredible. Um, he's an artist, self-taught artist. He designed and created his own nativity. It's a, it's a little hut nativity. You can see it on our website. There's kind of a, a straw roof, and it's made out of bark cloth and... Um, 
really sweet. And he always says that disability is not inability. So he founded his business. He has a wife and children and this, you know, family business that he runs. And he has, through his art, through his business, become an advocate for disabled people in Uganda. Um, he visits schools and advocates to try to get their bathroom situation um, better for disabled children. Um, he works with, you know, different local councils in his community to try to change the stigma about the disabled children in his community. Um, and he's also on a rowing team. Uh, a rowing? <laughs> That's awesome. Rows, you know, I mean, he's he's got a really strong guy because he walk. He doesn't. You know, wheelchair access is not Uganda is not wheelchair friendly. And yeah. He, he walks with arm crutches. Wow. Really amazing guy. Um, and, you know, so both of those stories, if you go to our website too, you can see pictures of Kathy and Yako and, um, you know, the product that they make. But um, just really in- incredible people. And I love too that, you know, a lot of these, the artisans we work with, you know, and the groups they started, they were doing this work and we found them. Um, and just love empowering that, taking it further for them, giving them a market. But these were, you know, Ugandan people who took it upon themselves yeah. to change their communities. They weren't waiting for anybody else. Um, and we love kind of standing beside them and saying, okay, what can we do to help you expand this and, you know, champion your cause for you? I so love that. Real honor. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, I just, I love hearing your passion for this. I can just hear it in your voice and, yeah, I mean, like you were saying earlier, that a lot of times, like people don't realize that, you know, the orphan crisis in some of these countries, a lot of these kids are not actually orphans. Right. Um, and if you um, go back and listen to my episode with Aaron Littleton from the Mighty River Project, they are based out of Uganda, and that's the same. That's the same thing that they're trying to do, but through, um, through, you know, banana fiber baskets and, um, textiles and things like that, um, magazine bead jewelry, um, they work with, um, artisans in Jinja, um, you know, again, trying to, cause, um, Aaron and her husband, Scott had gone to Uganda after college and lived there for seven months and just, you know, yeah, they, I mean, they see these, these, these kids who, they have somebody who loves them, but they're, it's just that they can't, you know, they can't, their parents can't take care of them or the family member can't take care of them. And they just, they wanted to, you know, be a part of the prevention process. Um, And I love that that's what you guys are doing too. And, And when I hear these stories of people who just kind of, instead of sitting back and saying, man, that's really terrible. Somebody should really do something about that. You know, you, you do, you, you take it upon yourself and you actually do something about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's been, I mean, it's been a blessing to us and, you know, we, um, we think, you know, well, what if it was my family? What if it was me in this situation? Um, you know, helping children is wonderful. And there are a lot of children who really do have no one, um, and investing in ministries that walk alongside those children and give them somewhere safe is so important. Um, I just think to myself, like, you know, if I didn't have work, if I didn't have a way to provide for my child, you know, what would I want? and, you know, done for me. And really, you know, I would want someone to give me the chance to, you know, raise my kids and love my kids and provide for my kids. And I think, you know, really that's what a lot of these people in poverty, they want. They just lack a lot of options. They lack a lot of resources. Yeah. They just, Uh, yeah, yeah, they lack, they lack that opportunity. 
they don't have, there's not loans, there's not chances, there's not networks of, you know, for them to, to get a, a start. And so, you know, if you hand someone that opportunity, most of the times you'll find they'll see that. And it's such a great thing for a kid to, to grow up in a family. I yes. mean, you want to see the orphan kind of crisis and, you know, children who grow up in institutions and there are some wonderful institutions, but it's still, you know, you, you need an, a parent, you need a caregiver um, in your life that can teach you how to be a parent when you come to that crossroads. You yeah. know, and that's really going to bring, we hope, you know, a lot of healing um, because, you know, there was the AIDS epidemic did destroy a lot of the family structures in East Africa. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's time to rebuild that. Um, and these kids, you know, they need they need to be in a home. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what we would want, you know, for all children anywhere. Oh, man, I love that. Um, okay. So we're going to shift gears a little bit here as we wrap up. Um, so I always like to ask, you know, some, some, a few questions to kind of get to know my guest a little bit more. (laughs) And since this is, as I mentioned earlier, a Christmas themed episode, uh, let's ask some Christmas questions. So are you a fan of Christmas music? Do you like Christmas music? Yes, but I don't like to start it too early. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, are you a pre Thanksgiving Christmas music person or like you are like, Thanksgiving Day, day after Black Friday. Now we can start the Christmas music. Yes, I mean I see. I really love Thanksgiving too. Um, yeah, you like to enjoy so the holiday. I don't like to lose it, and you know I like to honor Thanksgiving, and then I'm ready. You know I I love kind of a very intensely saturated Christmas season, like you know four weeks of just of just you really knock it Christmas. out of the park. You know, constant Christmas, all of the Christmas. Yes. Now, what's your favorite Christmas song? I don't know. I mean, that's complicated. I, I love things. It's complicated. That, <laughs> complicated because, you know, I mean, I love, I love the old hymns and, yeah. you know, the beautiful carols. Um, and then I love like a lot of, you know, cheesy newer stuff too. Yeah. Um, you know, we always blast Mannheim steamroller when we decorate our tree because um, that's what, yeah. that's what my family did growing up. Yeah. <laughs> so Got to get that Mannheim steamroller. Right. It makes me nostalgic. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we have a we have a very very wide um, range. I mean, our 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 Christmas playlist is very very big, and we're always trying to look to add to it. I mean, I love going to thrift stores and just looking for like you know a new Christmas album. Oh that yeah, you know, that we haven't heard yet, and um, like finding like Meatloaf's Christmas album, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's, it's fun. You just never know what you're gonna. Yeah, you never gonna, know. Across, there might be a real hidden jewel there. Right now, I'm—I have to admit, I'm usually a Black Friday Christmas person, but then Pentatonix released their Christmas album early this year, and I may or may not have been listening to that on repeat. So I love—I um, love. I don't know if you've heard Andrew Peterson's "Behold the Lamb." No, but I will look it up. I look it up. He goes through. It's just beautiful. He does it in concert in lots of places, and. Um, it goes through kind of the Christmas, it leads up to the Christmas story, but it starts in Genesis. Um, and it's like a whole, you know, kind of whole story. And I, there are times where I will listen to that year round because I just, I find it so moving and I love it so much. Um, but I look, I look forward to that one every year too. Andrew Peterson, Behold the Lamb. Lamb. It's really fantastic. Okay. I'm definitely going to look that up. Um, do you have any Christmas Eve traditions? Um, yeah, well, Yes. I mean, usually we go to church and do the candlelight service um, and then come home and just kind of have 
have snacks. Like you don't have a real dinner, you know, like cider. My husband loves to make cider. So we have cider and, you know, sausage and cheese and, you know, just kind of all chill. It's, it's definitely, you know, when you have kids, it changes too. Like, um, our daughter still, even though, you know, she's old and wise and now she still likes to leave something for Rudolph and Santa. Um, (laughs) even though she's in on it now with us, she's, she's still very, um, much a child at heart. I love it. Now I meant to ask this earlier, how many kids do you have? And I know you're, you're also expecting right now, which is really exciting. Um, we have, we have one, we have, um, a daughter who is in third grade. Um, and she's sort of always been our miracle. And then this year we got pregnant again. Oh my Um, goodness. Yeah. So you were going to, you have a little bit of a gap there. (laughs) We have a big gap. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun though. Um, well, my, my sister and I are 11 years apart. Um, And we, you know, while we weren't necessarily like super close growing up, it was great because we always, we got along for the most part. I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably annoyed her. Um, (laughs) I probably was more annoying than anything. Um, but she never let me know that. Um, but then now in our adult years, like, you know, I can just, you know, she got married before me, she had kids before me. So I, you know, I, I really look up to her in so many ways. And, and so that gap has, has been great because I can just, I can really lean on her in so many ways. Right. I mean, one thing we've learned, like, especially as, you know, I didn't plan to have an only child for so long. I've really learned that like, there's just something beautiful about every family and what God gives you. Yeah. And you know, when your siblings come or don't come or how it's all like, there is, you know, no perfect formula for it. And you know, it's, you just have to embrace and then enjoy what, what you have. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you guys open a Christmas present on Christmas Eve? Like, do they get to pick one present, or are you like a no? We wait till Christmas morning. No, I we usually don't. Um, it, it depends, but typically not. Um, and then you know, the first thing when she wakes up is always stockings first. You know, we do stockings. Oh yeah, stockings always first. And then we take a break, and we have like a nice breakfast big breakfast um so that we all don't get hangry you know I, we we kind of like to spread it out you know and really savor and enjoy the gifts yeah um, and I mean especially I me mean, I, I drag it on as long as possible but you know I especially when you only have one kid you just you don't, you don't have to do a lot of ripping and tearing and craziness you know we sort of like to prolong the process and, yeah and you know just savor everything and um yeah so that's usually what we do and then do you have just like, what's your favorite thing about the Christmas season period? Like, is there something that you're just every year like this, this is what you look forward to? Like you love it all, but this is what you look forward to. I I really look forward to like the, the two days kind of surrounding Christmas and the day after, because for us, you know, for our family, this is a very hectic time of year. I mean, the, the nature of our business, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes I feel like I, I don't get to really enjoy as much, you know, yeah. because. I'm working so much and it's so hard and I love when we finally get to Christmas and everything is kind of shut down. Our, our online orders aren't coming in anymore. Everything's kind of quiet and it's just our family at home yep. and you know, we can kind of just do nothing for about two or three days. We can just snuggle and, you know, treat ourselves to eggnog and cookies as yeah. much as we want and, you know, be together and just remember what it's really all about. Um, that's kind of what I look forward to. It's just that kind of finally that quiet hush of Christmas. I love it. 
I love it. Um, now, for people who want to connect with you, connect with Ornaments for Orphans online, what's the best way to do that? Obviously, you're on Instagram because I'm. I that's how I found you originally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, if you go to our website, which is Ornaments for Orphans, and that's the number four dot org, um, all of our social media links are there. Um, and you know, you can sign up for our emails. It'll let you know when we're doing different things. I mean, at the holidays, um, we especially will have, you know, special promos and shipping things and fun things going on, um, you know, throughout that season. And, um, it's just a good way to, to, especially after the holidays, you know, we'll, we'll update people on how things are going in Uganda and what we were able to accomplish there and the impact. And it's just, you know, neat to see those stories. Yes. So, um, you can find all of the, you know, whatever your, whatever your personal favorite social media platform is, um, you know, you can, you can find our links to it there and, awesome. and just follow along with us. Awesome. Well, um, so for the listeners, um, I am, when this episode goes live, cause obviously this is not a live recording, but when this episode goes live, if you are currently listening and it is December, 2016, um, you know, in the first week after this airs. So if you're, if you're listening in the future, hello. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're listening when this episode goes live, um, I actually have a giveaway and a discount code on my blog for Ornaments for Orphans. So I will include the link to that post in the show notes, Um, but you can go to my blog, stillbeingmolly.com, and you can enter to win a box of some ornaments from Ornaments for Orphans. And let me just say, like I said earlier, they are beautiful. So you want to enter to win. So you can keep them for yourself. You could give them away to somebody else. You could like pay it forward again. Um, And Jamie, did we decide what the discount code was going to be? No, I don't know. Do we we want to say Um, just code still being Molly? Sure. All right, let's do that. Code still being Molly. Sounds is going to be your discount code and that's going to get you a discount off of your order. So if you want to give them, if you are just like, you can't wait. So you got to, you got to go now. You got to hop on it. So you can place your order, get a little, um, get some gifts. Again, these are going to make great hostess gifts, great gifts for family, gifts for the person who, yeah, great gifts for the uh, yeah teacher gifts, um, coach gifts, (laughs) you know, and this is also a great gift for the person who has everything. Yeah, it's they're unique. I mean, it's not like you can find a lot like it anywhere else. And yeah, like what we found is that most people love ornaments. Um, we yeah. have one lady who says she always keeps a few extra by her front door wrapped up and ready to go in case the neighbor drops by with a gift and she wasn't expecting it. Um, Brilliant. That is thought, that, that is, is expert. A really great idea. That's expert you level know? gifting. Yeah, I was like, that's really, that's really being thoughtful and thinking ahead there. Um, but, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So again, I will link that in the um, show notes so you guys can check out the blog post. And I'll also post the pictures of some of the ornaments because they are just, again, they're beautiful. They're, oh my goodness, you're going to love them and you're going to want them all for yourself. Um, Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show. I just, I loved talking with you. I loved hearing your story. And again, I just, I hear your heart and your passion for this and it's just, it's inspiring. And you know, it's just one of those things that once you know of a company like ornaments for orphans, like you're just, you're never going to shop for ornaments anywhere else. (laughs) We really do love what we do. I mean, it's been a difficult journey at times, but it's just so rewarding. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything else at this point. I love it. I love it. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you guys for tuning in today uh, to the Business with Purpose podcast. We so appreciate you listening. Um, If you liked the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed. Tell your friends. Share this episode with a friend uh, because that's how we get the word out there. And so I just, your support and the comments and emails that I get from so many of you are so encouraging. So thank you guys. I love the community of people who listen to the show. So I just, I love you guys. Thank you guys. And we'll tune in next time to the Business with Purpose podcast. Bye.